This is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I'm your host, Davey Crockett. Thanks. Thanks for coming. This is episode 121. This episode will share the amazing ultra running career of Pam Reed of Wyoming and Arizona, the desert legend, who is a 2022 inductee into the American Ultra Running Hall of Fame. Guess what? I've authored and published a book on ultra running history, now available on Amazon, entitled Frank Hart, the First Black Ultra Running Star. In 1879, Hart broke the ultra running color barrier and then broke the world's six-day record with 565 miles, fighting racism with his feet and fists. I'm sure you're going to like this book. Find it on Amazon. Search for Frank Hart, that's H-A-R-T, Frank Hart Davy Crockett, and you should pull it up. Let's get right to the story. Reed grew up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan in a small mining town of Palmer. Her father worked at an enormous open-pit iron mine in town and was always on the go. Her mother was a nurse who instilled in her daughters the values of initiative and assertiveness and was active in outdoor sports such as snowmobiling and cross-country skiing. Pam has Scandinavian ancestry, Finnish on her father's side and Norwegian and Swedish on her mother's side. Her grandfather, Leonard Peterson, once walked all the way from Merrill, Wisconsin to Chicago, about 300 miles. As a youngster, Pam, with her competitive nature, would enjoy challenging the boys in races and games. She had dreams of competing in the Olympics in gymnastics, but she was much better in tennis. At the age of 15, she started running to get into shape for tennis. Pam attended Negany High School, about 10 miles away, and was very active in sports and activities including track, tennis, gymnastics, cheerleading, and choir. On the high school track team, she didn't like the long three-mile runs because they were boring, and she would lead her friends cross-country across backyards to cut down the distance. Winter sports were an important part of the region where Pam grew up, although she didn't especially enjoy skiing because she didn't like the cold. She remembered... When I was five, my dad, you know, they'd take me skiing and I hated, I just didn't like going. There was tons of really heavy snow and I broke my leg when I was five. She didn't know it, but she was destined for the desert. Hard work was in her blood. Physical toughness was a strong point in my family and maybe in the Upper Peninsula as a whole. It was cultivated and bred into us over many generations. So it came easily to us. It was expected of us, and it was what we expected of ourselves. Pam moved to Tucson, Arizona in the mid-80s, became an aerobics director at a Tucson health club, and started to compete in triathlons at the age of 28. She also started marathons and eventually would finish more than 100 of them. After a failed marriage and two sons born, she married Jim Reed, who also competed in Ironmans. He also had two sons. In 1991, a friend, Benny Linghart, 
age 60, gave Jim a copy of Ultra Running Magazine. Benny was training to run Leadville 100. When Jim introduced Pam to Benny, she thought, quote, Who in the heck runs 100 miles? No one can do that. When Pam read the magazine, she became excited. Benny urged Pam and Jim to try ultra running and took Pam on training runs in the canyons above Tucson. And he became my mentor and I would talk to him and I would run with him and um, he really inspired me to do a lot more than really how I got into 100 mile runs. Pam and Jim signed up for their first ultra, Elkhorn 100K in Helena, Montana. Jim said, quote, since neither of us really knew what we were getting into, we made a pact to stay together for the whole race. They finished dead last in 14 or 15 hours. Pam would later win this race four consecutive years. With that initial success, or survival, they both ran in the 1992 Wasatch Front 100. Jim DNF'd about mile 60, and Pam went on to finish in the back of the pack with 34 hours, 38 minutes. That began her love for running the 100-mile distance, and since then, she has finished at least one 100-miler every year. The following year, she won her first ultra, the Old Pueblo 50, in 8 hours 11 minutes held near Tucson in the Santa Rita Mountains. Pam quickly excelled in ultras, and more wins came. She competed in the Grand Slam of Ultra Running in 1998, becoming the 12th woman to finish the four classic 100 milers in one calendar year. In her ultra career, she achieved 13 wins in races 100 miles or more, and at least 45 podium finishes in 100 milers. In 1993, Pam placed second in the Tucson Marathon, but when it wasn't held in 1994, Pam took it over and became its race director for 1995. So after running it, I just kept thinking it would be really cool to have a downhill marathon in Tucson because I had just read the article in Runner's World on the downhill race, you know, in St. George. Every year for 30 years, I practically had to change that course. It eventually grew into a prominent marathon of nearly 5,000 participants. She finally retired and sold the marathon in 2022 to Air Viper Running. Living in Arizona, Pam was used to running in temperatures over 100 degrees and in 2002 wished to give the famous Badwater Ultra Marathon, 135 miles, a try in Death Valley. I love to race in the heat. I think that it gives me a big advantage. At home in Tucson, I'm used to running for three hours every day in temperatures of around 100 degrees. In July 2002, 79 ultra-endurance athletes from around the world gathered in Death Valley, California to run a blistering 135 miles non-stop through temperatures approaching 130 degrees. This was the 25th anniversary Sun Precautions Badwater Ultra Marathon. With already 20 100-mile finishes, she was not the typical Badwater rookie. She started at 6 a.m. The 6 a.m. group, which included all of the women runners plus 13 men, began under short-lived shade. The temperature was already over 90 degrees. My plan was to just keep going as steadily as possible. I wasn't going to stop unless I had to throw up. I just remember the awesome crew running or biking along with me. 
telling me stories to keep me entertained, spraying me down with water to keep me as cool as possible. Using a spray bottle was a new technique her crew came up with that year that others soon copied. Pam ran on automatic pilot, following after her van and ticking off the miles. Pam Reed, a 41-year-old mother and race promoter from Tucson, Arizona, was setting her own incredible pace, far off the front of the 6 a.m. group. By that night, the men's fastest runners, Poikimus and Quinn, had dropped out of the race before the halfway mark. It was clear that Pam Reed was not only leading the 6 a.m. group, but the entire race field, men included. Around 2 a.m., she was given the news that she would almost certainly win the race outright and would set a new women's course record in the process. Pam went on, becoming the first woman ever to win Badwater overall, with a time of 27 hours, 56 minutes. She broke the women's course record by one hour and 52 minutes, and ahead of the second finisher, a man, by four hours and 42 minutes. Although top women athletes often place highly against most of the men in endurance sports, this was the first time ever that a woman had won a high-profile international sporting event overall. Her accomplishment would grace the front page of the Los Angeles Times the next day, and was also the cornerstone of the race's live webcast, which received 400,000 page views by 16,000 web fans around the world. Crossing the tape was like dying and being born at the same time. I was literally crying, just letting out all the tension. Though I had managed not to focus on it, I had been scared throughout much of the race. It was so brutally hot, and I didn't know what was going to happen to my body. Now, all I wanted to do was to sit down. There were a few folding lawn chairs, and I just fell into one. People were asking me all kinds of questions, and for once, Motormouth could barely get out two words. Pan ran Badwater again in 2003. Pam's win the previous year made such a news splash that many from the mainstream media outlets came to the race, including CNN, ESPN, CBS, Associated Press, and others. For this year, she started in the latest stage at 10 a.m. with the fastest runners when it was 110 degrees. Several men went out fast, and by mile 17, Pam was in fourth place. The day was extremely hot, pressing toward 130 degrees with scalding winds. With the staggered starts, Pam passed runner after runner. At Panamint Valley, she was in second place, although Dean Carnassus was gaining on her. After dawn, about mile 111, she went into the lead, passing Chris Berglund, who shook her hand as she passed. But Pam and her crew knew Carnassus was not far behind. She attacked the final climb, winning by 25 minutes to again be the overall Badwater champion in a time of 28 hours, 26 minutes. You know what? That's what's so great about Ultra Run. Everybody helps out everybody, you know, and it was nice. I mean, when you pass somebody, you just, just give them a nice, you know, hello, and yeah, yeah. After her second Badwater win, Pam made a classic appearance on The David Letterman Show. Anyway, what do you win for your efforts? You get a belt buckle and... <laughs> well, good Lord, sign me up. Where do I... 
Where do I get in this? A, a new belt buckle? Are yeah. you kidding me? No, that's it. Yes, Pam was the Badwater champion again. You'd think that a strong, fit man would have a huge advantage over a skinny little woman like Pam. Oh, yeah. But guess what? She won this race in 2002. I mean, I, I would love to have won the women's race, so that's what I was looking for. And then when I won the men, the overall, it was shocking, you know. So shocking, people thought it was a fluke until she did it again in 2003. And that year, she beat the man everyone thought would win. She continued to have a long association with Badwater, where she finished 11 times all podium finishes with two overall wins, three women's wins, and seven second places. After Pam won her second Badwater, she was invited to join the U.S. 24-hour team and compete at the 2003 24-hour World Championship race in the Netherlands. In her first 24-hour competitive race, with only a few months training for it, she reached 134 miles on a road loop. She was the top U.S. woman and sixth among all the women. Three weeks later, she ran in a track 24-hour race in San Diego and broke the American women's 24-hour record with 138.9 miles running on a 400-meter track. For her amazing 2003 achievements, she was named the 2003 USA Track and Field Women's Ultra Runner of the Year. In 2004, at age 43, she was invited to compete at the International 48-Hour Track Championship at Surgere, France, that included legendary Yannis Chorus of Greece. The dirt track ran for less than a quarter mile around a fenced-in area within which there were lots of parties going on. People were eating, drinking, cooking hot dogs, and everyone was smoking. That drove me nuts. <laughs> With her family crewing her, Pam finished as the top American, fourth overall, reaching 220 miles. She broke her American age group record, which she still holds today. In November 2004, Pam continued to travel and competed in the 2004 24-hour World Championship race at Brno in the Czech Republic on an asphalt 2.5-kilometer road loop. The course was outdoors on sidewalks that wound all around, lots of twists and turns, up a small hill, past what looked like housing projects, past the parking lot. It was a bit on the crazy side, and wouldn't you know it, it rained. Pam placed seventh with 132 miles. After competing, Pam said, I don't think about other runners when I'm in an event. When I first started running, I always assumed someone else would win, and I didn't worry very much about who that might be. When I became good enough that I might be the winner, I was too focused on the technical side of my own performance to think about the competition. In October 2004, Dean Carnassus ran 262, quote, continuous miles in 74 hours, breaking a Guinness Book record for the stunt. This type of run was first popularized by New Zealander Max Telford, who in 1976 ran 135 miles in 21 hours, running around the perimeter of Oahu, Hawaii. Actually, 19th century runners, or pedestrians, went far further doing such continuous running without sleep during six-day races, but also used strong stimulants and cruel crew methods to keep them going. 
In 2004, Carnassus blew away all past modern-day continuous records by reaching 262 miles. The mainstream media was fascinated by the record. When you're running uh, like 260, how, how long did it take you to run 262 miles? I ran for 75 hours. 75 hours. And, and how, how many days is 75 hours? <laughs> I ran through uh, three nights without sleep, just ran. Without sleep. This effort inspired Pam to also give it a try. She wasn't really trying to upstage Carnassus, but thought she could go further and longer going back and forth on a flat freeway frontage road northwest of Tucson for a 25-mile loop. She set her target for 300 miles. She began on March 23, 2005 at 6 a.m. I was caught up in the excitement of all the supporters around me. There had been a piece in the Tucson paper sports column about the run, and throughout the day, people showed up to watch, crew, or just cheer me on. It was really cool. She covered the first 50 miles in eight hours. Many different people ran with her, handing her food and drink. Her mom cooked for her, and her dad took shifts driving the support van. People driving on the freeway would honk their horn as they drove by. Things went relatively well until the third day, about mile 250. Pam started to feel weak. She had been forgetting to eat, and her tired crew had lost focus, going into the third night eventually forgot to feed her too. Toward the end, she was managing 20-minute miles. The last 25-mile loop took her more than nine hours. She finished with her youngest son, Jackson, pacing. The official distance was 301 miles in 79 hours, 57 minutes. Sitting in a chair at the finish, she said, I'm amazed I did it, but I was more amazed at how good my body feels. I've hurt more after a marathon. She was interviewed by many news outlets. This was the hardest run I've ever done, but it was also the best experience. Thinking of her father's Finnish ancestry, she said, There's a Finnish word, sisu, that means guts. That's a part of my heritage, and I try to live up to it. She received some criticism in ultra-running circles, especially from fans of Carnassus, that she was, quote, grandstanding. She tried to make things clear. I don't do what I do to get attention for myself. Nobody loves publicity enough to run for 80 hours without sleep. Today, people are always trying to improve fastest known times, or FKTs. It makes you wonder if she received criticism at that time because she was a woman. She was focused on showing what a woman could do. It truly was amazing to see a woman ultra-runner receive the overdue national exposure that Pam received for both her Badwater wins and her 300-mile run. It was good for the sport and inspirational to women to get into it. Pam had proven her ability to pile up mega miles across multiple days. In 2009, at the age of 48, she ran in her first and only six-day race on a road loop at Flushing Meadows Corona Park in Queens, New York. She went there in hopes to break the six-day road world record of 510 miles, held by Depali Cunningham of Melbourne, Australia, who was also running in the race. 
What happened is here we are, we're out there doing it and we kill each other in the first 24 hours. We did like way too many miles. So then we both backed off the last couple days and then we both kind of came back, but she ended up doing it again because she beat me by 12 miles that day. The record people were there because I kept asking them, what do I have to do to get an American record? I just remember going around and around and asking, am I going to do it? Am I on it? And <laughs> that's what kept me going anyway. And I did it. Pam placed second overall and raised the women's American six-day record to 490 miles, which she still holds today. Cunningham raised the road six-day world record to 513 miles. To understand the significance of Pam's American record, you need to understand that during the six-day race glory days of the 19th century, only a few American women went over 400 miles in six days, and no woman during those decades in more than 50 races came close to the distance that Pam achieved on a certified course. The race made a deep impact on Pam. But the other thing for me, what I remember is that's kind of when I decided I wanted to run across America because it just felt like a job to me. I went to sleep for two hours. I got up and I ran. I just kept doing that and doing that. I felt like I could do it forever. With all her achievements and records on roads and tracks, Pam's true love has been running on the mountain trails. She has had goals to finish three of the classic 100 milers 10 times, Western States, Wasatch Front, and Leadville. At age 61 in 2022, that goal has likely slipped away, but she has finished Wasatch Front 114 times with two second-place finishes, Western States 107 times, and Leadville 106 times with four top 10 finishes. In addition, she has finished two Hard Rock 100s, both in the top 10, and four Arrowhead Winter 135 milers with two wins. When asked why a desert runner who hated the cold, wanted to run Arrowhead in Minnesota in the dead of winter, Pam replied. Well, first of all, I'm from the Upper Peninsula. So Minnesota is right there and I played tennis against them. And I also kind of liked the idea. It was the coldest place in the U.S. So I thought I should be able to do this. I, I hate the cold, but I guess I just thought, you know, I need a different challenge. It's a really cool vibe. Arrowhead has this very special kind of people. It just feels like the original ultra running to me. And she is off. So it looks like there's a handful of kick sleds this year and two very brave cross crunchy skiers. Looks like they're both skating for uh, anybody who cares. And uh, Arrowhead 135 2019, we're started. As you can tell, uh, there's a long way to go, so nobody's in a hurry. Oh, three skiers. In 2015, Pam finished in the same year Western States 100, Hard Rock 100, and Badwater 135, all three in just 33 days. The first and still only person to accomplish that. In 2019, she became aware that she had 85 100-mile race finishes and set an ambitious goal to soon reach 100 finishes. Her 100th finish came on February 3, 2021 at Grandmasters Ultra in Arizona just three weeks before her 60th birthday. She became the 19th person to be inducted into the 100 by 100 Club. 
When I compete in a 100-mile race, I do it one mile at a time. In my own mind, I'm not really running 100 miles. I'm running one mile 100 times, which to me, as weird as it may sound, is something very different. Yes. (laughs) Since reaching the 100 by 100 milestone, Pam has finished an additional seven 100s as of 2022, all while at the age of 60. Of her more than 200 ultra finishes, at least 100 could be classified as desert ultras. Pam Reed is truly the legend of desert ultra marathons. There's something in my my soul that when I'm in the desert, my body feels so much better, like my muscles. I remember when I would run in Tucson to get ready for Badwater, but even before that, like my muscles would be warm enough and I could just go on forever. It's also the beauty of it. Like I love the cactuses, just the desert. And when I went to Death Valley, it was like, wow. What was also really cool about Badwater for me was all of my crew, every crew I ever had there was just as much into the desert as I was. So it just felt like a really great experience every time I was there. In 2005, Pam authored the book, The Extra Mile, One Woman's Personal Journey to Ultra Running Greatness. She still has a goal to write another book about aging runners. In 2017, Pam was inducted into the Pima County, Arizona, Hall of Fame. I'm a blessed person that I'm able to do what I do. Um, I've, I've had injuries, but not till I was 48. I'm 56. And I've broken my leg, and I've pulled my um, hamstring. And um, so I've, I've gone through different things like that. In 2019, Pam was also inducted into the Arizona Runners Hall of Fame. As of 2022, Pam has finished 64 full Ironmans, including nine finishes at the Kona Ironman. The Ironman is like a 100-mile run to me, which of course it's not. It's more like 100K, but I get the same satisfaction from an Ironman. In 2022, Pam was competing in an Ironman in St. George, Utah, when a spectator walked into her bike. She broke her femur and hip and was still recovering six months later. I have to admit that running is like breathing to me. I don't know what would happen if I couldn't run. With her current struggle to recover from injury, she added, I'm struggling right now because running has always been so easy for me. And right now it's not as easy as I want it to be. (laughs) When asked about her future goals, she replied, Well, hopefully my husband can't hear this, but I still want to run across America. (laughs) I really do want to do that. That's that's been a goal of mine for so long. I would like to do the Ultraman, but I only want to do it in Hawaii because I don't think I'd make the swim in cold water anywhere else. Congratulations to Pam Reed, the desert ultra-running legend, a 2022 inductee into the American Ultra-Running Hall of Fame. With that, 
This is Davy Crockett, and this is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I hope you run fast and far, enjoy life, get outdoors, and most of all, stay safe and don't take unnecessary chances. <laughs>